I were not an actor, I would probably just shave my head and be like, yeah, I look a little gross. But like, if you right. look a little gross, they're not going to hire you. You know, it's not like I'm, they're hiring me because I'm gorgeous, but you can't look weird. <laughs> right. Or if you do, then you just are so slotted in right. certain There's like one stuff. role you can play. And yeah. they don't give it to like yeah. the girly gay one. <laughs> they give that to like, <laughs> you know, like the guy with the Slavic accent, not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Bald Talk, the podcast where two or less bald comedians interview bald actors, writers, watchers, reviewers, and really anyone bald about being bald. I'm Brian Husky. I am a bald person. And once again, I'm flying solo because the other baldy, Charlie, is away on assignment. Not for this podcast, but for his own life. So let's cut to the chase and get bald with today's fantastic guest, who is a hilarious actor, improviser, and podcaster, who currently can be seen playing Joel in my currently, just uh, my favorite show right now, HBO's Somebody Somewhere. He's appeared on 30 Rock, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Human Kind Of, and Ghost Town, just to name a few. He hosts the podcast Laughter Through Tears is our favorite emotion with former Bald Talk guest Mark Sam Rosenthal. Right. But most notably, and probably most importantly in his career, <laughs> he was on the same improv group as Charlie Sanders, my co-host, <laughs> Police Chief Rumble back at UCB. Please welcome Jeff Hiller. <laughs> Jeff Boom Boom Hiller. <laughs> thank you for having me, and thank you for listening. My most important credit, Police Chief Rumble, the improv team right? that couldn't. <laughs> yeah, right? If, it, if you ever want to kind of do like a Pinterest deep dive, there's someone posted all the, most of like the old UCB, like Harold uh, uh, Knight team photos on there. Oh, really? Oh my god! Wow, there's so, that's so many. Impressive. There, there's so I know, and there's so many. I was like, I do, these. There was a whole <laughs> wave of people that I do not know about, and I never knew. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and Charlie had a lot of hair back then. Uh, yes, yeah, that was pre bald talk. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was before he was planning to do a podcast, on, focusing on this stuff. Right. I mean, we, can we just admit it that this is all a ruse to get just a niche market? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, we will, I mean, we might be do amputee talk. I mean, I'm so desperate. We'll just sort of really, really go for gold. Who cares? But I, I was also sort of like looking at that picture and then looking back on some photos and you, you had a head of hair for, for a while. I mean, you still have, you still got a head of hair well. like compared to to me and Charlie, but. Uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, I would get a hair transplant in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Because, now why? Okay. see, I have this autoimmune disorder that took mm. out a big patch right here. I, I know that our viewers at home, right. but, um, uh, your listeners at home can't see this, but like He's, on the uh, top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, you do it. I'll narrate it. He's touching the top of his head like a bird just pooped on him. And now he's rubbing the poo into his hair. I don't know why he's doing that. <laughs> that actually has nothing to do with anything. I just, that's my thing. <laughs> just uh, that's, my, that, that's my thing too, clearly. <laughs> but I did have this autoimmune disorder where I lost a big chunk of my head hair i lost my eyebrows mm. i lost like all my arm and leg hair 
And so you had some alopecia. Yes, alopecia and this thing called morphia that causes the skin to scar. So if I shaved my head, mm. there would be these big <laughs> morphia plaque scars. <laughs> Mor- morphic. <laughs> yes, yes. And so I can't even shave my head because I, I would look like, I, it wouldn't be like Ed Harris. It would be like the hills have eyes, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. You'd be, you'd be like, is The Walking Dead doing another franchise? Exactly. Am I available for that? I'm right. Children would would scream. So, like, oh, in wow. the show, I wear a little a little piece to cover it up. I was, well, what I was going to ask, I was like, I was, like, was going to ask about that <laughs> delicately, hoping that you would bring it up. But I was like, because it's a little bit, the thing I love about it is he's he's got, uh, just like there's a comb over fully happening vibe to it well here, full full comb this, over and this, so i my i got my hubris got away with me because for the pilot which we shot in 2019 i was like let's do it let's make him have a comb over just like look really crazy and yeah. then during the pandemic was when i had the autoimmune attack and mm-hmm. when i lost the big chunk of hair so when it, when i got back they were like um, we can't actually comb it over anymore because there's no hair to comb over. And wow. so that's when I had to get the piece. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I flew too close I'm, to the sun, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We, do you know Brad Morris? He's a Chicago improviser. Yeah, totally. He was our second guest, I think, but he had alopecia. He lost everything. Oh, like he really? lost his eyebrows. Yeah. He lost all of his hair. Yeah. He's like, he's like I lost everything. I only knew about it because he started to post on Instagram and he was, he said like I was doing it for me to get used to it, to kind of accept it. But it was the same thing. He had some kind of virus that came up, Mm -hmm. attacked his system and it went away. And now it's growing back actually. Is it? Yeah. I'm told that there might be a chance that the, that the hair on my head might grow back, but it's already been like, a year and a half and it hasn't come back so I don't know well he I think I mean maybe reach out to him on Instagram because he he also started to take some medication that was not it's not like Rogaine or something it was something alopecia specific I think but he said that that was he started to do that when it started to grow back and I think he consulted with someone they're like oh yeah we can this can maybe foster that a little bit right man that must have been was that really scary well, annoying. Yeah, it was more annoyingly I mean, scary. It's not like it's not like I was like gonna die. It was more just like right. I was gonna be bald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it sucked. I mean, also I look kind of weird because I don't have eyebrows, and so if I not right. wear my glasses, it just looks strange. I just look like a, a weird person. And yeah, <laughs> you look like you're in Deantorp or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, yeah. or, or just like a just, drag queen out of drag. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drag queen on the subway going to her next exactly. gig. Exactly. <laughs> and I, uh, and you know, it just is, it's also like when you're an actor, if I were not an actor, I would probably just shave my head and be like, yeah, I look a little gross. But like, if you right. look a little gross, they're not going to hire you. You know, it's not like I'm. They're hiring me because I'm gorgeous, but you can't look weird, <laughs> right? Or if you do, then you just are so slotted in right. certain. There's like one stuff. role you can play, and yeah. they don't give it to like yeah. the girly gay one. <laughs> they give that to like, 
you know, like the guy with the Slavic accent, not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, yeah. So Hell Demon is our. We would like sort of like a more, you know, gay take on it, and we, you know, like we think that you can bring Thank something you. to it. But this other. But this Slavic actor has been, he really, I don't know where he's been watching, but he's really bringing the heat on it. <laughs> Damn it. I want it to be the world hell, hell demon. <laughs> I want to be Hellboy 5. Man, yeah, I think that's that's my least favorite part of acting. Yeah. Like, it's just the constant self-awareness of how other people perceive you. I know. You know, and that you're just like, well, here it is. Do you... Can you get past this? Right. And watch me what I'm doing. Watch what I'm doing. You know? Right. What terrible things will you say about me in the in the comments? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is. I mean. I mean. The 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 good thing about with comedy is odd is can be a you know yeah. an extra weapon to wield. Exactly. But uh, sometimes not. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you like you need one. Just one unusual thing. Just one, yes. <laughs> well, he's got a real bag of tricks he's walking to the door with. Exactly. And I've already got this mouth. I can't also <laughs> have just a whole big gaping hole on the side, of the upper side of my head. <laughs> yeah. And I would say also, like, I've talked, we've had a couple of guests who were, uh, even like Will Ferrell, I, met, I talked to him one time. He's like, you know, my height is a, is a, a great advantage for me comedically. Yeah. And and he's like, but I was also very insecure about it for a long time, especially when I was younger. Right. And it never it never occurred to me that really tall people that that can be a thing. Steve Agee too, oh, he right. sort of had right because he was well. We're all yeah. like just just you know very shy of freakish tall. You know, it's like right. It's just a little over like like six one is like yeah, I'm just a nice, I'm the yeah. right size, but I'm yeah, six I've, five, so it's like. It's just a little too much. <laughs> yeah, you're too much of a presence. You're exactly. really too much. When I see improv photos, like I'm always in this sort of C curve, listening to the, my scene partner. <laughs> so yeah, uh, whatever. I guess I use I it to my advantage. I don't know that I do actually. Maybe I should take a clue from Will Ferrell and be funnier with my height. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it, he was just sort of saying. Some, it depends on like how he's paired up with someone, and he says it, it's a great sort of foil when he plays low status for him to be a big and i see that in 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 you yeah. like you're great at sort of being your great low status uh, <laughs> well, but like it a, comes naturally a, a, yeah but it's like it's also like you're really great at like being less so with like joel because he's just a sweet the whole world is very empathetic but you're great at, at being sort of like low status but dominating force you know, oh, like right. a problematically right. <laughs> status <Right>. person. <laughs> you mean like all of the bitchy customer service representatives I've played yes. on America's yeah. sitcoms? Yes. <laughs> we have, uh, do you know Mitch Silpa? Yes, I love Mitch. Another great, great bald. He was, I was like, what, what roles do you usually get slotted with? He's like, is guy in tie who's saying to someone, ma'am, you can't do that here, a, a, a genre? Because that's what I play. <laughs> I'm just, I was like, oh, you mean like flustered retail people like, yes exactly I'm, exactly yeah the hotel clerk yeah. the flight attendant the mm-hmm. the waiter oh yeah. so many waiters <laughs> so many waiters that's i've actually I, aged yeah. into maitre d's now so it's a mm, congratulations it's, it's a, thank you i don't know it actually well, was a little harsh <laughs> maybe you'll, i mean the next step is franchisees like you'll uh, you'll own a couple uh, of places fingers crossed please, please. <laughs> that sounds like a confluence of like everything you've hoped for and then 
kind of like the biggest pain in the ass happening at the same time with, you know, doing, getting to do somebody somewhere and then that. We found out we were picked up for the first season. Like we'd done the pilot in October of 2019 when we got picked up on March 6th, 2020. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we, we shot it just a short 18 months later. <laughs> I had to like lose like weight this... and get a hairpiece. It was mm-hmm. a lot happened. <laughs> yeah, just get into your best. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Everybody was in their in their total like let's do this mindset. Uh, surviving a pandemic, Ugh. it destroyed my stomach. It like I will, I will never be the same. Oh, really? I think. I, I, well, I just put all my anxiety there. I was just like managing so much of like my daughter and sort of like right. my girlfriend has asthma. So she was very nervous about it. And it's just like, oh my God. I mean, I feel like since 2016, some, I've just been like slowly developing like stomach <laughs> issues, but it like kicked in hard during this stuff. I was like, yeah. yeah. For, for me, it was my shoulders. And like after a while, mm. I was like, what? What, what did I lift that made my back hurt like <laughs> yeah. this? And then I was like, oh, I lifted 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I lifted society. Well, that's what I, I historically have always kept all my attention in my in my left shoulder, like this one spot. Oh, wow. I just, that that's that's where I, being an actor, that's where I held it. Uh-huh. Like that's my compartmentalization was there. <laughs> right. And I kind of, I'd worked with this, this, like physical therapist and we kind of worked it out and they were like you're the kind you're an anxious person when you you know you you compartmentalize but you're anxious and so it's going to go somewhere and i was like what do you mean i mean that's very foreboding it's like just be aware if you start to have like issues somewhere and then sure enough i got sexy irritable bowel syndrome (laughs) Ugh, oh god <laughs> that is and literally i'm already the like worst. that's like way worse it is literally the worse yeah <laughs> oh my god i was like come on i i mean i'm skinny enough as it is like <laughs> it's just for me it's like it's like i think you and i have the same what is it endorphic in in i don't know what kind of we have a our body types are just like squirrels metabolisms <laughs> can't keep weight on oh i can keep weight on <laughs> that's not oh, really? that's not my oh, really? problem at all no quite the oh. opposite i'm a kapha or whatever you know in those yoga terms the kapha is like the lazy one who's <laughs> fat oh. <laughs> <laughs> i've never i i only think of you as just like lean svelte ready to go god bless you brian god bless oh man <laughs> this is a safe space listen this is with celebration of one another uh, exactly our male vanity uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, how is it? So let me nerd out on your show a little bit. I love it oh, so much. Thank you. I hope you're getting a lot of good like response and feedback and stuff to it because it's yeah some yeah. I mean, I think it's yeah. one of those shows that's really like there's a certain group of people who are just it's their favorite thing in the world, and then yeah, most of the world is like, what is it? I haven't heard of that. <laughs> Why? Why am I interested? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like we were, I was watching episodes with my my girlfriend sends her overexcited uh, enthusiasm and was hoping to meet you, but she had to leave. Oh. But sh- we were talking about it's really great at. I mean, it's like a short story. It's like how or, uh, or a novel. It's like it's like it's like good writing in that like we're gonna look at a small small stakes that are huge stakes, very human mm. human situations that are seemingly small and on a smaller scale since this is like a little town, right. but they're also 
massive personal, you know, experiences for people. Right. Like even down to like Joel getting the dog and stuff and right. going through that little <laughs> little journey. Joel um, gets a dog. <laughs> Joel gets a dog in this very special episode. Everybody's gonna want to watch now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and there's a great episode where you hold the door open for somebody. It just it really resonated with me. Remember that one where we eat? (laughs) Oh man, you glanced. The glancing episode was amazing. You glanced over. That was cut away. But I don't know. Like it. So what is the? Was that made for Bridget? Did you have something to do with in development, or how did you come into this? It was just Bridget's. I mean, Bridget got a deal with HBO, and then Mm -hmm. she. Talked to Carolyn Strauss, who worked on a little show called Game of Thrones. Maybe I heard mm. of that. <laughs> mm. um, which is basically the same thing as our show. Um, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all leading up to that. Uh, the, the dragon in episode eight threw me off. Yeah. I did not see it. Coming. Oh, okay. Midwestern. Oh, yeah. It was a Midwestern if you go dragon, back and so. rewatch it, you'll see. You'll see the clues. That's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they got these people, um, they were interviewing writers or whatever, and, and these two playwrights, Hannah Boz and Paul Thoreen, pitched the show, and um, they pitched these things that were just coincidentally very similar to Bridget's life. Bridget had lost a mm. sister. The character had lost a sister. They they pitched Murray Hill as Fred Rococo. Murray Hill is one of Bridget's really close friends. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like, oh, this is right. And so then they wrote this character and I auditioned for it, and I kind of was like, oh, they must have thought of me. But then since I got the job, I've heard from, like, every gay actor over 40 who's like, yeah, I auditioned for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it's a coincidence, but it's very similar to my life. Like, I was a theology major in college. I, oh, wow. Um, I, I had a stress rash in high school. Which also okay. is the autoimmune disorder that made my hair fall out. <laughs> okay, this now I have to go back to my girlfriend and say you might be a genius <laughs> because she was like this. This was her angle. She was like, "Will you ask him if he got a sunburn before they shot it, and then they just kind of like made do with what the circumstances?" I was like, "I really, I think they had the script locked, and this was part of it." I it was not but a sunburn. <laughs> But I love that she thought that. I will tell the makeup I, artist that. <laughs> yes. I was like, you guys have, they all use like very low stakes, like clear makeup for <laughs> for their base and stuff. Exactly. Um, just a little powder on me and I went off. Just a tiny bit of powder. <laughs> but I think that's, yeah, that's amazing. Because she, she's like, I don't know. It felt, there's something about it. It felt very organic to him. So she sensed. <laughs> that's she impressive. Sensed, that's really impressive. I know. She has, I, I yeah. She, <laughs> She has some, she's had some spooky premonition y kind of stuff happen. Sometimes she'd be like, I don't know, I have this weird feeling that this is it. And now more and more I'm like, okay, I'm going to start to trust you a little bit. You're dating a clairvoyant. A clairvoyant. I think I'm dating, yeah, yeah, just a hobbyist. But we'll see if we can turn it into money. A hobbyist psychic. (laughs) Uh My dad was, uh, my my mom remarried, but the dad I grew up with uh, was a pastor. He went oh, to really? the theology school. Yeah, oh. he did that. But, but when they married, he had he had sort of fallen out with the church and mm. was no longer. Then he was just working for Duke Power Energy Company oh. at that point. It's <laughs> a hard pivot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. He did a very hard pivot away from religion. He felt uh, his whole thing is like he felt betrayed by his like congregation, basically, because he. Um. 
he had a bunch of hard times like with his marriage and stuff and he just said like i'm just i'm glad i have the community of the church to turn to and they were like well actually we're not comfortable having a pastor who has so many marital issues and whose wife is a well she's kind of a whore and he's like what the what oh wow i know because he had gotten a divorce and it was this small north carolina town and stuff so i think it was just it was a very you know rural painting place kind of experience for him he's like what the hell your judgment is insane yeah i mean that would that would turn me against it too but what i what's interesting is that when i was growing up like if you ever, ever see like a gay person on a TV show with a church, usually it's like the church is like what happened with your your dad, yeah, your stepdad against them. But like with that, but I in my experience, the church was like the one safe zone where like at high in school everyone was so mean, and but at church they had to be nice, or I don't know if they had to be, but they were. <laughs> Even kids right. who made fun of me in in school didn't do it at church. Like you, it was off limits there. So where'd you grow up in Texas? Texas. Right? Yeah. San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. So I thought of it as like this nice safe space. So that's mm-hmm. why I really liked seeing this show, seeing another, like seeing a gay character that actually thought of the church as a safe place was really, I thought kind of novel. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Where is it set? It's set in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, the little apple. It's literally Real what place. they call it. Isn't that impressive? <laughs> but we shoot it. Uh, this is a little Hollywood secret for you, Brian. We shoot ooh, it in Illinois. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Chicago. So you get... Oh, okay. How's that? So you relocate to Illinois yeah. for two months, three months? What's the shooting? Um, no, it it was six weeks for six episodes. It was a real oh, okay. tight sketch. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and I lived in a big house with Bridget and... Murray, who plays Frederick Coco, we lived in a house together because <laughs> of COVID. <laughs> one of the directors oh, that's right. called it the Ding Dong Dorm. <laughs> <laughs> were you in? Were you in Lady Dynamite? Were you in that show at all? No. Oh, okay. no. I, I, you, you've been in every show, so I never. But, um, <laughs> but not that one. Apparently, me neither. Anyway, yeah, that was my one failure. But thanks for bringing it up. It's cool. <laughs> anyway, this director directed that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, big fan of them. Jesus. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I think we should just sit in silence okay. for the rest of this. Okay. Oh, is that cool? Did you just yeah. turn your camera off? Wow. <laughs> Maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> just be breathing hard. The rest of it. Ever heard of social media? We have, and no big deal, we are on it. Check us out on Instagram at BaldTalkPod or on Twitter at BaldTalkPodcast. Please make sure to like, rate, and review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We don't care where you get them, just get them. No judgment, wherever you get them, anywhere. 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 Whatever. No judgment. (laughs) As long as you listen, we don't give a fuck. Only on BaldTalk. I'm having, now I'm having like a brain fart because I just, I I just thought again of like Joel having the coma. So did you... Do you have a, like a backstory to to him? Did they give you a backstory or did you just sort of do you do any of that kind of stuff? Like when it's just like, OK, Jules, they went to high school together. Right. That's the other thing I love about this show is it's it's the it shows, especially in a small town, the sort of the repeat of the social circle that you stay in and those relationships 
they play themselves out similarly, you know, and then they kind of morph a little bit as like life comes in. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, and it's that, that the same, like the reason he loves being friends with her so much is cause he's like, he's friends with the popular girl, you know, like the girl mm-hmm. that he like idolized uh, in high school. Yeah. Literally doesn't, didn't know he was there. <laughs> yeah. Had to be yeah. reminded of it with actual photographic evidence. So, totally. uh, I like that too. I didn't really do, I didn't like sit down and like write, write a biography on him or anything like that. But right, right. <laughs> there were, there was, um, in earlier versions of the script, there was, um, my mother was a character uh-huh. and they, she just got eliminated for, I don't know why, but, um, you know, budgetary reasons. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I kind of had that information already. Like, my mother mm-hmm. was my best friend, and um, <laughs> and of course, like you can see that we were friends in high school, and I was a show choir person, and yeah. the church was a really big thing. But you know, I don't know. Are you this way too? I'm just sort of like I kind of go with my gut, but maybe that's just because I wasn't professionally trained, and I'm a bad actor or something. I, I mean, that's what I was going to ask you, like what your training is, because I'm not. I yeah, I, my training is is UCB. Yeah, same. Like I, yeah. What were you? What did you do before? Before, before I was an improviser? Yeah. Well, I graduated from college and was a social worker. I did like AmeriCorps and then some social mm. work stuff for a couple of years in Denver. and then So you're kind of on the money train for a while, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Yeah. You're really angling for those big, that big social work money. Oh, my God. And full-time volunteer work. I mean, that is where the yeah. Benjamins are. Because <laughs> what you do is you get the groceries that people drop off and take them home at night. <laughs> Did you benefit? Exactly. The Starbucks day-old muffins are in. <laughs> More mac and cheese and beans. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. when and then I moved to New York, sort of I lied. Or I didn't lie. I told my parents I was going to NYU to get my master's in social work. Again, spending tons of money to make mm-hmm. none. And uh, <laughs> and then I took my first class at UCB in June of 2001. I was supposed to start in September of 2001 and I just deferred. I yeah. think I said it was about 9-11, but really it was just, I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> Screw did, you, did homeless you, people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Were you, like, did you, was that like kind of like an aching calling that you had uh, or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like yeah. since like birth, very. Yeah. Very aching. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know about you. Like, I didn't think you could do it. Like I didn't think you could just be an actor. Like I didn't know anybody who was an actor. Who? <laughs> yeah, I had the same. I my second grade, I wrote a speech about how I was going to be a, a famous comedian when I grew up and stuff. Like that was my my declaration. And then I just, I've always I was always interested in comedy and stuff, but I I kept sort of like letting the things that scared me about it scare me even more. And I pulled back and kept pulling back. Totally. But then the other thing is like I didn't know anybody. Right. You know who's doing it or how they could do it. I knew, you know, I had friends who did like regional, like kids theater and and high school stuff. But then the other thing is like I was really turned off by all the theater people. <laughs> <laughs> they were so big and and too much. Yeah, <laughs> they're all so much. Uh, I know. Yeah. I, see, I was like, I love them, and they rejected me. But I was like, <laughs> Can you imagine the people you rejected rejected me, Brian? Just let that sink yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I'm really coming in. You're going in through all sorts of back doors to just have it like find. It's like, no, no, this this leads back to the alley. Sorry. <laughs> really? What? The weird uh-huh. kid who wears a wig won't be my friend? <laughs> I really thought this was my place. No? There's another place? Uh, I'll figure it out. Oh, man. When did, so when did you when did you sort of figure out like that you're gonna do it because i'm even when i started taking classes my very first class i was like i just figured everyone else was like me they're like i'm i've always wanted to do this so i'm just doing this to see what it feels like but i don't think this will be anything totally and i was friends with cordry like we were roommates and i i knew he was being an actor but even then i was like yeah but that that can't be real <laughs> It doesn't seem because he also was eating like from like those gross. He would go to where the where all the taxi drivers would go to for a buffet. He knew it was the cheapest and then sort of the best tasting. So he knew all these like crappy taxi driver buffet places around town, like those hot bars and bodegas. Yeah, yeah. So he he had worked out this great sort of budget of like, okay, I got four ninety nine. I can spend four ninety nine a day, and I can eat and I can take some home. Wow. And so, you know, you can imagine like his early irritable bowel syndrome yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> treatment of himself. I would imagine that had effects on others as well, not yeah, just oh, himself. Yeah, it was, yeah, there was a lot of, there's a lot of uh, issues. Yeah. We'll just I mean, light a match, but don't light it near me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was in, a, I, uh, in my social work days, one of my coworkers was going to, try out for a short form improv team and mm. she was like come with me come with me you you like you did musicals in high school and I was like okay yeah and uh, <laughs> and we both got on the team and we were like I mean this sounds like I'm bragging but the team was not very good we were immediately yeah. the best things on it mm-hmm. they were fine they were just a little like polo shirts and like lots of puns you know <laughs> yes <clears throat> a lot of npr humor kind of y- y- up on stage not even that not even that good, <laughs> not even that good. god wow. i hope they're not listening but they <laughs> but that was what gave me the confidence that like well these people are doing it i mean you know once a month and they would make like right whatever twenty dollars that they would yes. spit among split among the eight people but that was the thing that gave me the confidence and then one of the people on that team was an extra <laughs> on matlock oh wow oh or, my god wait no no not wait, matlock. no not Mat- matlock diagnosis murder diagnosis oh murder. yes yes <laughs> he a lot had of gone people to LA. are not aware of andy griffith's like he had a he had a mini mini series mini which and that I think that was his was that his last one, probably or was probably. that Dick Van Dyke diagnosis murder? Oh, maybe it was. It was a show I didn't watch. I'm but it was one of those ones where like why is this person doing? Oh, because they they don't need it, but right. they want it. Who watches this? Oh, my grandma. Oh, okay. Anyway, the fact that he he was straight up an extra, but. There was one episode, he brought us the VHS and showed the episode mm-hmm. where he was like, I remember it so clearly. He was like in a cafeteria eating a sandwich, yeah. <laughs> playing a high school student. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, this guy's on TV. And so then I was like, well, if he can do it, he's not very good at improv. I'm moving to New York. <laughs> yeah. Man, I know. It's like th- there's a certain amount of like demystification that I had to kind of experience that that 
made room for me to have confidence. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. It's like the first time you do, I don't know, Conan or something, or the first time you audition, you're like, well, that was terrifying, but it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. Totally. And I think I can do that, you know. Right. And she was yeah. really dismissive of me, but she was also dismissive of the person before me and the person after me. So she's just dismissive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not personal. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's all about that. And it's all about like, that's why UCB was so important because you could just be like, oh, I'm just going to take this class. I'm going to pay money to take this class. And that mm-hmm. I don't have to have some sort of weird connection or have some extreme confidence where I go in and just tell people I'm what you want. It's, right. It's like you could just, if you were funny, you, I mean, that's it's not completely true. There were some funny people that, that didn't uh, get put on stage, but mm-hmm. yeah, I figured out how to play the game. So I played the game. You know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th- yeah. Completely. And I think, the, especially, well, at least like early days, I can't imagine what it would be like to go, start right when there's just like thousands of people before pandemic before it all evaporated but yeah where it's sort of like yeah there's two slots and 800 people are auditioning for it against each other and yeah i just i would have withered yeah in that Uh, me too no way me too but yeah for me it was it was it was like if i can impress these people around me that's that's what i need right that's sort of it was like this sort of localized thing that you you didn't have to get overwhelmed and be like i have to impress the president of cbs <laughs> i just yeah all i have to do is yeah. be like this is what besser wants okay here i'm gonna yeah, do what besser yeah, cool. wants <laughs> yeah who is it cordry said that he his whole thing was like he hated seth morris uh, because he was he knew he was funnier than cordry and so he was like at first he was like i hate this guy in my class but he's so funny so i I think we're probably going to end up being friends. <laughs> and then, and then he like invited him to. He's like, "Do you want to start that sketch group thing I did with, with him and John Bowie and stuff?" And was that Naked Babies and, or was that? Yeah, Naked Babies. Okay. Yeah. And so he was like, "Yeah, he was kind of he he didn't admit it to Seth for a long time, <laughs> but then he like one day he was like, oh, I always thought you were funnier than me,' <laughs> and, that, and that's why I reached out. Uh, that's a, that's what connections are all about. <laughs> it is. It is." Slaying each other. We all knew Charlie was funnier than us, but we let him be on our team anyway. <laughs> we allowed it. But now, now you are an act. Like, do you? Was there ever a period period where you were sort of like, I'm trying this acting thing, and then you're like, No, now I'm an actor. Or did you just sort of like draw a line in the sand? So like, okay, now I'm, I am now an actor. I was and always I was trying to be one. But like really mm-hmm. covertly, I didn't tell anyone. But there was a yeah. there was a line where I drew where I just was like, now I'm going to start telling people I'm an actor. And it mm-hmm. it basically it was like when I got I got uh, I had a really great commercial year one year in 2007. Mm-hmm. I got like I got a campaign for Snickers, and then I got four other commercials all in one year. And wow. I mean, it's never happened that good since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so after that, I was like, I I'm I'm an actor. <laughs> yes, I'm an actor. <laughs> yeah. Because in UCB land, you know, you saw, like, because I'm a little bit, like, I'm in, I think I'm the same age as you, but I'm like a class below you, UCB yeah. wise. Yeah. And so you, I remember that moment when Cordry was on The Daily, Daily Show, Show and Hubel yeah. was doing commercials and Paul Shear, like, I remember somebody was like, 
he has a deal with Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I was like, this could be a thing. I just have to keep following this path. Yes. Yeah, totally. You, You totally need like Sherpas or you need like whatever. You just need sort of like indicators of like exactly i see this person way up ahead of me i can (laughs) i can get there too there was um a guy on neutrino whose name i'm forgetting not because i don't know his name but because i'm old who was in Mm -hmm. um that billy crudup movie movie that had the word jesus in the title (laughs) oh yeah i I know you're talking about happened to watch that movie and be like oh my god that guy's on neutrino and he's in this movie (laughs) and so that was yeah it was exciting so yeah. Exciting. And then there's, a, there's definitely there's that. And then that starts to be in your peer group when other people are working oh and maybe you're not. Yeah. You're like, but hold on. Yeah. I've had that feeling I too. I know this person. Like, <laughs> yes. Why is that not? Why? Why is that? <laughs> that? The corporate structure of this thing does not make any sense. That is so true. I there is understand. like this speed bump where it goes from offering hope to offering cynicism, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Offering resentment and jealousy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is so true. And I, yeah. I've been swimming on that for nigh on a decade. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, like, how do you do Like, how do you deal with those ugly parts of this? Because I, I, I mean, I go up and down and up and down. You know, I'm in total, like, acceptance and it's cool. I'm, I, I'm proud of what I've done. I love everything I have in my life. And then just it'll flip and i don't know what made it flip i'll just be like you know internally i'm just like stewing and i think it's for me it's like if i'm not in if i'm not if i'm not doing something with it if i'm not engaging that that part of me without sounding you know what i mean like if i'm not if i'm not doing it i just like it makes me feel like i've been benched and then you know, and the thing about being benched and with our work is like you don't know who's benching you. You don't know someone. If you feel like someone's benching you, but you don't know what force is benching you or why or you know. Right. And, then, and it does and feel like active, even though it's really not. It's kind of passive. It's it's just like yeah. we all have these ebbs and flows, but it somehow feels like personal and punishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah, I think it was really hard during the pandemic because there was something about doing improv shows that just scratched the performance itch a little bit. And when that was taken totally. away too, it was like, I mean, I, I, I went a little, I don't know. I was going to say crazy. That feels like that's maybe an inappropriate word to say, but like, you know, like I had like a serious depression just because I needed yeah. to f- perform just yeah. to have some sort of an audience. And I completely, a zoom gig ain't d- cutting it. <laughs> no way. I mean, people are like, Oh, you got this pod- podcast. I'm like, I, I mean, it's a recorded business meeting, kind of, <laughs> you know, a little more light, but it, it, you know, it doesn't have it there. There's an, even the difference of going in for an in-person audition, like the tangible energy of people being around each other is really powerful Completely. and really, and such a big part of this stuff. Um, and I think like even, you know, people, I, I, think about the people like well we can start you can shoot zoom movies and you know st- and that kind of stuff and you watch them and there is there is a there is a flatness to it right um even we we got to record like four like four episodes in person before pandemic and 
there was a little bit of a learning for for this podcast right, right. and there was a learning curve to kind of like doing this you know right kind of just like a conversational engagement that that <laughs> right. i'm just staring at a little box version of you <laughs> yeah but it's man. weird yeah I, and we're I was, used to it at this point so now i was like going back to like the improv thing of it i i i got real depressed because there was one day and it, going back to sort of like i'll put it in my stomach the compartmentalization i was doing i just was like march 13th I heard that the shows at the theater were being canceled for that weekend and my daughter's school was being, you know, put on hold until further notice. So March 13th was when it started for me. And also March 13th was the day that after doing one to two or more shows a week for 20 plus years, nothing. Yeah. Just stopped. Same. And yeah. And it really, I was like, oh, this hurts. This feels really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It yeah. really does. It really does. And it's strange. When there was that whole thing about, um, you know, the theaters closing and like, you should be paid for improv and that sort of a thing. And yeah, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not getting into that wa- in those waters, but I, mm-hmm. people were saying like, imagine like, because I've actually been doing improv and getting paid and people are like, imagine if you got all that money from doing all those 20 years and, and it's true, whatever. I think that that's true, mm-hmm. but I, I realized it serves me not, I'm not doing it for any sort of financial remuneration. It actually mm-hmm. is like a mental health thing. It's like therapy for me. Completely. <laughs> I'm completely in that same space. Yeah. I really, yeah. Because I do think that, you know, our lives are, pretty busy we're we're up there in age you know we're not, mm-hmm. we're not 22 and like hanging out every night you got a kid i mean things yeah <laughs> things are like yeah you know we got we got busy lives there it would be no reason to do it unless it you know was great i yeah i completely have had and maybe i still hold on to it but i'm i am having a little bit more like well, maybe that's not an option but like i've had this fantasy of being like a fred willard who does still does an improv show with my gang of my friends into my 80s you know why not i, I know i have no idea what how bad their shows are but <laughs> well he's a, a real i mean he's dead so he's, they're not great now <laughs> I I mean, they're still making use of him on stage. He just is sort of like the silent butler in every scene. Or silence. (laughs) He just like really holds court. Yes, until his lack of improv killed him. That's 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 the other thing. I don't want that to kill me. (laughs) Exactly. When did he die? Like Uh, it was before pandemic, right? Or was it during it? I don't remember. I was on social media at the time, and I was off of it most of the time during the pandemic. So. Yeah. Maybe it was before the pandemic. <laughs> I can't. There's no before and afters. I know. It's a blur. It's all together. <laughs> Such a blur. Well, so what do you? How do you deal with the lean times mentally? Oh right. Now this now this is a show about acting. This yeah. A podcast about acting. <laughs> but I do want to know because it's like I, I'm I'm in a I'm in one of those ebbs right now right. where it, I'm just like I've got some things I'm doing and and. And that's good, but like, I for me, auditioning sort of feels like I'm just putting a message in a bottle and throwing it out to see. Right. It really, there's no, 
I don't know if they're humans on the other side. <laughs> do you send in your self-tapes via Vimeo? Uh, I do WeTransfer. WeTransfer, okay. I yeah. do it through Vimeo, and then I end up, like, checking my analytics <laughs> to see mm. what sort of an engagement there's been so that if there's a spike. Oh, and it, interesting. It, something's wrong with it because <laughs> the ones that have a bunch of spikes, I never get them. And the ones that are, right. nobody's seen at all. <laughs> You know, I will get. So maybe the ones that you don't get, they're like, "Oh my God, you gotta watch this! This is so bad." <laughs> this guy, you gotta check this out. Probably. <laughs> Plug your nose. I'm about to press play. <laughs> yeah, it could be actually. It very could be. Yeah, you should see if there's some kind of like, uh, like humiliating, uh, like actor dump of like auditions <laughs> where the casting people are just like, "You gotta see this shit storm. <laughs> Unbelievable." That'd be a good TikTok. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't completely understand tiktok but i think that would be good uh sure. how do i deal with the the ebbs i wouldn't say that i'm like <laughs> super good at it yeah <laughs> i mean even even knowing that i had this show coming up like i eventually i knew I, we would tape it i didn't exactly know when but i knew we would and i was still right. kind of going bonkers just sitting in my house you know yeah praying for some audition somewhere well, it's weird, like, going back to your your commercial boon year, you know what I mean? Like, I've had those kind of, like, waves where I'm like, oh, man, it's just flowing. And that becomes the expectation. Like, that becomes the kind of, like, because there's, there's like, a, there is a wave that you're riding, you know what I mean? And you kind of feel the force of that wave. And you're like, well, definitely. I mean, this is going to lead to that, lead to that. And then when it stops... It can stop in such an abrupt way. It's just like, what? No, I'm on dry land. Where, where, where's the water? Where's everything? It's so true. And also you yeah. think like, you think everything that, I don't know about you. I shouldn't say you think. I always thought like, oh, as soon as I get an agent, then I'll get a ton of commercial mm-hmm. auditions. That wasn't true. But then, yeah. then I got commercials, and I was like, well, now that I've gotten commercials, now I'll get all sorts of TV shows. And, like, that was completely not true either. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a fancy manager when I moved to L.A. Eh, nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> then I turned 40. I ran out of money and had to move back to New York because my husband, we were living, uh, what do you call it, bicoastally. And How long were you here? Five Sorry years. Interrupt, but I really, oh, four what, years. What, what, 2011 what to 2015. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we were here at the same time. We were here at the same time, yeah. Yeah. I was on Fucked Up Family, and you, I think, were mm-hmm. on, were you on Soundtracks? Yeah. Yeah. So some, every yeah. once in a while, we'd see each other crossing yeah. over. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> but I had this manager. I thought for sure this would be the thing that would get, and you know, I tested for some pilots, and mm-hmm. I, I booked one pilot. It didn't get picked up. And yeah. so I was really like, oh. I guess it's just <laughs> over because <laughs> yeah. now I'm moving, I'm moving back to New York. I'm not gonna get a, I'm not gonna get a TV show in New York. And then I yeah. did. But even that, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm on an HBO show. Surely, like people will just offer me movies. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I so the in my best mindset, and I had to remind myself the other day of this. There's so much. And I have to remind myself of this when I don't get stuff 
or even when I do get stuff, but mainly when I don't get stuff. But there, it's that thing that everybody will say to you that is true, but you hate hearing. It's like there's so many things beyond your control. Totally. There's so many things that are happening that you 100%. have no part of. Yeah. You know, you're always like, I know, logically, I know that, but I'm grumpy right now. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. just give me. Give well, I do me think that's important to, at. to mourn it, you know? Like sometimes if yeah. there's something I really wanted, I'll give myself just 24 hours to stew in it and not, oh, and yeah. not like tell myself, well, they probably, you know, needed to have, uh, you know, someone who looked more like the mother or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, Everyone else is 7'7 seven, seven in the show, and so I would look really short yeah. on this one particular show. I was probably show, just so. too tiny. That, um, that's <laughs> always the excuse I come back to. <laughs> that's always the one you're always wrestling with. <laughs> but the, what I was going to say is, like, the other thing is with that, I have to remind myself that there are things that I've gone out for and people involved that I didn't know about who years later have said like, oh yeah, I remember you came in for this. I thought you were cool and you're nice and did a great job. So ta-da. And I always forget about that, that the timeline of what we, our timeline is not our own. Our timeline is just whatever kind of unfolds. Completely. So. And in fact, um, a producer from Mad TV contacted me and was like, oh, I love your show. I was in your screen test for Mad TV. <laughs> mm. We thought you were really great at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I almost kind of got it. Exactly. <laughs> There's no money. That show has been off the air for over a decade. <laughs> yeah. It was largely regarded as garbage, but I almost got it. <laughs> By the way, he didn't say I almost got it, but I am going to choose to believe I almost got That's it. That's true. Yes. He's just like, I remember watching you. Exactly. You technically were in the same room as me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I don't know. It's so, I, I've done better when the less I know, it, just the less I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm much better off. Except totally. for in terms of like casting directors if i can go in and see a person and they can say great job i can walk away and be like cool right but like the things i really want if i know this person's involved but why aren't they sticking up for me or whatever that's where my brain gets a little like right calm down yeah you know what i mean (laughs) that's where it gets twisted (laughs) yeah that's where it gets twisted because because if i have some indicators of like oh well this i could and i've any time that I've been like, I'm going to do a little Hollywood schmoozing or a little sort of like <laughs> kind of reach out to this person, mm-hmm. it just Backfires. It's just a bag of dog do. I feel like there are people who are really good at it. Yes. People who I know, and I don't begrudge that. I think if that's your skill, work that skill. Oh, completely. But that is not my skill. <laughs> that is not my skill. My Yeah, I don't. I, I'm fascinated to, to, to know what on the receiving end it seems like. <laughs> Just like a sweaty version of me being like, I sure would like to audition for you. Yeah, I know. It's like I, I just like you suddenly seem like a flim flam man from the 50s or something. And like, I don't understand why you're talking to me. He's like, ah, hey, listen, it's so good to see you again. How's the wife? Everybody good? Okay, great. It's like a mess. What's the suit, uh, shark? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's funny. There used to be a component to, to doing this where like this kind of conversation I would I would love the commiseration of 
suffering around it. Right. I would love that kind of like, and now I'm like, I just don't, I, I'm curious to see how other, uh, I'm, I want to be more sort of like problem solving than totally. problem like celebrating. And I do, f- I think that, I do think like uh, there are just like, okay, I'll tell you this, Brian Husky. Mm. Oh, right. Let's go. Okay. I went, go. I remember the first audition I did on the Sony lot. I parked mm-hmm. right by that rainbow thing. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is Hollywood, baby. This is, they have a useless rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this improv audition and I went in and I, I was really good. I was really on fire. And the casting director yeah, was yeah. laughing and she was like, that was great. And I was like, yeah. I nailed this. Mm-hmm. Never heard from them again. Went to see yeah. the movie. And you know who got that role? Hmm. Brian Husky. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No. Are you kidding? Yes. This is this is the end. Is that what it was called? Oh, seriously? The, the head through the door. The head through the door? Oh, my God. I also auditioned for that role. And I was like, oh, man. I nailed it. (laughs) But you know, that wasn't my role. That was your role. And you were so great in it. So it makes total sense. But that's what I'm saying. It all just, whatever. I'll say this. I bet it was just a technical thing because I had to be uh, down on sort of like um, all fours and stick my head through a hole. Are you telling me uh, I was just and, too tall to get that role? I think you're just too tall for it. <laughs> the, the way they had, they had already cut the hole. They just needed somebody <laughs> a certain height to hit fit the hole. That's all it was. You know, Sony, Sony is always like, we just got to match the hole. <laughs> we just got, we, we got this great hole craftsman who made this hole for us. We can't, we're, the budget's all in this hole. Here. You know what? That makes me feel a lot better. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a funny thing where I got let go from a table read for a multicam. Oh, and um, multicams are not my friend. Oh, I'm no. not my my kind of like more subdued. I don't, I don't know. I'm just always like, I always feel like, okay, I have to be gigantic and it comes off as gigantic. I'm right. not good at sort of like threading that needle. <laughs> but for this particular table read, I just messed up a word. I read oh. the word corgis, the dogs right. as corgis oh. because it was a medical comedy. And I thought that it was a me- I thought it was just some medical term. Right. <laughs> And so the star corrected me. He's like, it's actually Corgis during the table read. And I was like, oh, you know what? I want to go with Corgis. So script, uh, if you can just change that. Thank you very much. Just kind of made a joke of it right. and moved on. And then I just was like cut. She's like, I don't, he talked back to me. I don't want him here. <laughs> and so I was devastated. Of like course. I was fucking, it really, really, I don't know what, I think at the time I was like, ah, things are not happening for me right now. And it's driving me crazy. And I just really took it to heart way too much. But then I was like, all right, well, whoever they get, it has to make total sense. They have to be, because I, I was looking at the script and I was like, it's described as this burly, you know, over the top kind of like man's man kind of thing. They recast it and then I came to find out years later after they shot it and the show was canceled, <laughs> um, that my that John Bowie got it, that they gave it to John Bowie. Oh, you're kidding. Instead. And I was like, what? That's okay. I mean, not you, at all. Super burly, manly John Bowie? Massive, just huge, like huge on the bear sights, like John Bowie. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, what I was thinking. But then I was like, okay, cool. Because he is fucking really good at that stuff. Right, and, exactly. And, he, and I'm sure he killed it, so. Yeah. Um, the problem I'm is when the person you don't like gets it, but. Yes, yes, that is the, yes, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, the one when the, that one person keeps succeeding. You're like, mm-hmm. can no one see that this person is an idiot? Am I the only one? Don't they know my issues with this person? What's going on with everyone? Exactly. Oh, man. All right. So just to sort of support the conceit of the podcast, yes. I do want to circle back to baldiness great, great. because we're we're coming up around the bend. You did say that you would get uh, hair restoration if it was an option. Yes. Is it not an option? No, it is an option, and I am researching it. Okay. Because for morphia or localized scleroderma, which is the autoimmune mm-hmm. disorder I have, it is one of the proven treatments. But nice. my rheumatologist thinks I should wait a little bit longer to see what the scarring, how it She's she's like how it plays out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, she thinks there might be a chance that some hair could regrow. So, mm. so and it's with the scarring is just kind of like it's almost like if you had a burn there. However, however the skin kind of heals itself, that's the end result. Yeah, right? and but it has these little like they're called plaque scars, which mm-hmm. just it's like discoloration. And right. um, and numbness, like I can't feel it. So like when they when they glue the little hair piece on, they're like, "Am I hurting you?" I'm like, "Go to town." Oh, no. <laughs> Put pushpin in there. Okay, I'm grab a grip, staple it on. <laughs> oh man, well I hope uh, it, I hope it works out. However, however you want. Thank you. I mean, I probably wouldn't out. get uh, hair restoration because it is, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty thousand dollars, which is. <laughs> Obscene. You know what? We we've had a few. We've had two or three. I think probably at this point, three people have gotten it done. Really? And yeah. And um, was it twenty thousand dollars? No, I think one was like ten. I've heard um, you can fly to Turkey for three thousand. That's what I was about to say. Like <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to make a little trip of it, go to Turkey because apparently they're doing some excellent hair work there um, i mean i'm not above it <laughs> i know i mean and the thing is that we've heard is like it they do these like vacation packages where you go and they kind of put you up in a nice place and you recover wow while you after you've gotten your hair done i do stuff. think that turkey has a dictator <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at least he's not bald you know, touche, Brian. Very good point. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Let's end on that. That very poli- politically charged observation. Oh, we point. are not afraid to go there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I love you, and I'm so excited that you got to come on. This was a thank uh, you for having really, me. Like, I love that I'm I'm actually having like like I have a a talent crush on you with Joel and the whole show and stuff. It's really, it's, I love it. That so is, really I mean, if you. everyone in the UCB community, I don't think I would have predicted you to be the one that was into it. So I genuinely oh, appreciate really? oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And please tell Bridget too. I, I got to work with her one time and I thought she was really cool and, oh, well. and accessible and down to earth and just like, oh, yeah. you're great. She's the best. So, yeah, that's cool. Do you want to real fast plug your podcast? Yes. Do you have more than one, or just I know that that one with Mark? Sam. Just the one. Um, okay. It, and it, all of the episodes are already out. It's called "Laughter Through Tears" is my favorite emotion, and it's about grief, but also like the funny parts of losing a parent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have to listen to it. I've lost. Both you know the funny part. Oh, both. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's rough. 
Oh shit, we gotta go because my Mac will sleep soon unless it's plugged into a power outlet. Oh my god. Oh god. Flying Bye, away. Jeff Miller. Goodbye. Good luck with your Mac. <laughs> I hope it doesn't fall into a sleep. <laughs> but if it Me does, too. just remind it of Fred Willard. You know what I mean? Wow. Good good circle back. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everybody. Stay bald. Someone to talk to. Brian and Charlie have a hairless party. And they are all there to invite you. No hairdos, no shampoos, interviews. Only on Bob Talk. Hey, Nick. Don't you use finasteride and minoxidil? You bet your sweet ass I do. Thank God. That means the listeners of Bald Talk are going to love us. Good. Let's hit them with the promo. Hi, I'm Muriel, and I love true crime. I'm Nick, and I think Muriel's obsession is weird and disturbing. During the pandemic, when we were cooped up with nothing to do, I started forcing Nick to listen to me tell him about whatever true crime story I was consumed by at the moment. And I gotta admit, I found Muriel's insane storytelling very entertaining. Now, every week on our new podcast, Muriel's Murders, I handpick a real-life crime story that I think will blow Nick's mind. Muriel is really enthusiastic about researching and telling me these stories, and they are a lot. Some stories are famous. Some are relatively unknown, but all of them contain crime, violence, and murder from across history and around the globe. Muriel's Murders is a podcast about true crime, but really at its core, Muriel's Murders is about two people trapped in their apartment with nothing but time on their hands attempting to understand each other. It's an exploration of murder, human nature, and the importance of compromise in a marriage. So join us every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts and check out our original Muriel's Murders animations on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at Muriel's Murders. Hey, Nikki, are you ready for a story? No! Okay, let's get started. Campfire.